Hello and welcome back to Uneducated, the show where we feel dumb so you don't have to. I'm your host, Cammie Scott, and today I'm joined by Owen Pearson. He is a gay Asian American influencer and advocate and someone I'm lucky enough to call my friend. Owen has recently felt called to speak up against the injustices and hate crimes our Asian community is facing. In today's episode, we focus on Owen's personal experience growing up in this country and the racism he experienced. For more resources on the recent Asian hate crimes and also links to the GoFundMes for the families of the victims, please look at the show notes. Wait, where are you right now? Big Bear? I'm in Big Bear, yeah. Fun. So it's, it's really crazy the timing of all this because um, me and my girlfriends, I grew up with them like my almost my whole life. They're all Asian American too. Mm-hmm. And we've been planning this for months. So it's like we're all going through this change and we plan this ahead of time to like prepare to be safe and everything to come out here. And it just came at the best weekend because like we all really needed this yeah. during this time. Mm-hmm. It's like we've been like, literally we're all so puffy because we were crying all last night. Just like, because we haven't seen each other since before the pandemic. Oh. And it was just like, it's like literally, and I like to have that on top of being this week. It was literally like a, a cry fuck fest. Like it was like, what the fuck? Like we were just like, what the fuck? How do we have so many emotions? Isn't that crazy how the world works though? That like when you need to be with your safe space and your people it just like it worked out and you got to have that moment it and really did cry with each other mm-hmm. it was really special it's super special yeah I am not, I'm not gonna pretend to understand how heavy this must feel I know when we were sending each other little voice memos it felt like we were yeah. like flirting with each other um, I love it <laughs> I loved it <laughs> um You mentioned, and I have mentioned a lot on this show that because I'm gay, I think I have somewhat Mm -hmm. of a lens, Mm -hmm. but it just doesn't compare. Um, Taryn and I were talking to one of her friends last night and I was just saying like, I've never had to worry about my parents, my parents live in Pittsburgh. And the extent of Mm -hmm. my worry is that they're getting older and like, have they been safe enough with COVID? And like, if something happens, I'm really far away. And with COVID being scared of like, well, I can't fly to you because I won't do that. Um, I can't imagine like worrying about if my family is going to be assaulted or killed. And I think the big thing is that like, just because this is new news for so many people in America, mainly so yeah. many white people in America, yes, this so is many not, people. it's not new. It's not like, I think it's been exacerbated by Trump and by COVID and by the way Trump spoke on COVID and yeah. blamed the Asian community, specifically the Chinese community, but unfortunately another layer no. of ignorance and stupidity people- <sighs> can't differentiate yeah I just want to preface and first say like I am so sorry to the families that lost their loved ones there's a lot of GoFundMe's going around I feel like we should definitely have those be shared yeah every link um, will be in the show notes so just if anyone amazing would like to those. and you know I I don't know that pain and I I just I'm so sorry to those families and I know how triggering and traumatizing it must be for so many people right now And I just want to say, like, I can only speak from my story and my heart, but I'm really grateful that I can do it on so many different platforms and on my platform, Mm -hmm. because for so long, I felt like I had no voice, especially as an influencer. I have felt racism my whole life, but I've never felt racism until I became an influencer five years ago. Like, it's it it sucks being in this space Uh and feeling less feeling less than and feeling like. I don't deserve to get equal pay as my white friends or I don't mm-hmm. deserve to ask for more because it's been embedded in Asian culture our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Our parents, our Asian parents came here with big dreams and aspirations. They didn't have anything back home and they sacrificed, but they had love. The Asian community has so much love. It's beautiful. Like they just feed you so much food. Like they're like, eat, eat, <laughs> eat, eat. And it's like, you just eat so much food every time you're together. And they're just like, there's a lot of laughter and there's just a lot of like love. And if you're Asian, even if you're Filipino, even if you're Japanese, even if you're Korean, there is a lot of, it's unfortunate, there's a lot of embedded racism in Asian culture, unfortunately, and that's a big topic we can discuss if you want. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, Asian people really do bond together and they really see each other as family and they have that real tight knit community. And I saw that when I was in college at George Mason University back in Virginia, like the Asian communities really gathered together. 
Um, and back then, like, you know, I'm kind of old. So back then, five, six years ago. <laughs> like, <you're> not. <laughs> but back then, like, I, I kind of just saw people gathering in their same, you know, ethnicities and stuff. as like, mm-hmm. oh, just like camaraderie. Like, you just want to feel like you can relate. Mm-hmm. But then just like you said earlier, like you, I really appreciate you saying you can't understand the pain. But I know you have your own pain, Cami. Like, you're gay. I'm gay, right? We know that's like growing up. I grew up super religious too, and that's another baggage. But I'm also I'm also half white. My dad is white. My mom is Japanese, and I had to live with that extra burden of when I'm with my dad at the grocery store, he gets so much respect, so much love. Mm-hmm. When we go to the movie theaters, people like smile at him, and then that's when when it was ever just me, and my my cute Japanese mom, people were so quick to like look at her and like roll their eyes, and they would look at her and just like laugh all the time when I was a kid. So I would grow up thinking like, okay, Japanese is not accepted. And it sucks. Because mm-hmm. even before the pandemic hit, I got really lucky. I got to go to Japan for the first time with my family. And it was so healing to see where my mom was raised and to see her so happy. Because my mom is the happiest woman. Like we're not the closest because unfortunately of being gay, but. I know she's trying her best, you know, we still text. She's she's learning because Japanese culture, I don't know if you saw on the news, but recently Japan just announced that they don't acknowledge same-sex marriage. Yeah. And that that hurts too. <laughs> but the reason I'm saying this is I have this dichotomy of being gay, being Asian, mm-hmm. being an influencer, and also being a hapa, meaning half white, half Japanese. So I feel the pain of my white brothers and sisters who want to do ad- activism and want to help, but they don't know how. Yeah. I feel the pain of my Japanese brothers and sisters who have for so long felt no recognition, no love because we're fetishized, because we're seen as less than. And it's mm-hmm. and now on this social media platform, it's it's so hard to hear everyone's story of pain and because I feel it, because I know it. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And when I went to when I went to Japan for the first time, two, it was like two two and a half years ago now. It was in August of 2019. Um, crazy how time flies during a <laughs> pandemic. But um, back then, people wore masks. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you that people in Japan have a lot of respect for each other. If you're mm-hmm. sick, even if you're just a little cold, you wear a mask. It's yeah. not even a question. It's not even a question. You respect everyone. That's in a Japanese culture. That does not. I do not see that in American culture. Mm-hmm. And I am not proud of being an American for that culture. And you know, there's no trash on the floor in Japan. Like if you drop trash on the floor you're a tourist like Japan mm-hmm. Japanese people do not throw trash on the floor and when you enter a house you take off your shoes you put on slippers because you know that house is a sanctuary and you don't mess it up you don't yeah. get it dirty with your crusty ass shoes on <laughs> on the bed I don't know if you can curse here <laughs> yeah you can okay cool because I was on the radio yesterday and they're like you can't curse and I was like fuck fuck, fuck. you're okay. like uh, I'm going to <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so in Japan I felt so safe and happy like I was like oh but I also felt a little racist racism from Japanese people because I'm half white Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of had to really reflect on that. It's like, but it makes sense, you know. I don't look full Japanese, and white people have been doing a lot, have unfortunately caused a lot of pain to the Japanese community. Mm-hmm. And then a few months after that, I got invited by the LA Times to go to Taiwan. And again, and I went there to celebrate Taiwan being the first uh, Asian country to legalize same-sex marriage. And it was such a flip side of like Japan being kind of like, you know, I kind of had to be like this back in my old days before coming out, I kind of had to be like this older brother figure because I'm the oldest of three boys. And I had to like really just be this brother versus like be gay. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Like I'm, I'm here for my family, you know? Yeah. But then in Taiwan, I got to just celebrate being gay and being Asian and see so many other gay Asians for the first time, just celebrating pride and celebrating legalization of same-sex marriage in an Asian country. And it was so beautiful, <laughs> you know? It was sounds- so fun. Yeah, that's it was amazing. Incredible. Like you, you have to go to Taiwan one day. Like it's so beautiful, and I would they really- love to. I can't yeah. wait till we can travel again. I know. Maybe we'll really- go together sometime. <laughs> I, I'm down. I know. I um, feel like with a lot of your story, it kind of seems like at every level you're having to suppress a side of you, whether it yeah. be the Japanese side, whether it be the white side, whether it be the gay side. Are you? And sorry, this is going to get very like therapy-esque for a second, but do you have a space, even in the influencer world, I, I just feel like you're not, right. you're not like having a space to just be you. Do you have that? Do you feel like you've gotten to a place where you can do that and be 100% you? 
Oh, that's a great question. I know, heavy um, question. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I appreciate it. I'm not one for small talk. I don't like small talk. Good. Well, good. Me, You're me, in the right place. <laughs> me and my me and my Asian girlfriends last night, we played We're Not Really Strangers. Mm-hmm. And if you know that card game. Oh, that game. Love it. It, it. it set the tone, you know, and I, I also I also was a youth pastor for six plus years. Um, I've worked with kids with mental illnesses for four years with kids in the autism spectrum. I've had many jobs. I've done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's because I was always searching for myself and searching for answers because I never felt like I fit in. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy you mentioned that because I actually, this past couple of weeks, even before everything happened with the mass murderings in Atlanta, Georgia, I finally felt like myself for the first time in so long. And that's because of my therapist. Um, he's also Hapa, meaning he's half Asian, half mixed. He's half Jewish, half Japanese. Mm-hmm. And it's, I just want to reiterate this to everyone listening or every Japanese American, every Asian American, every person Therapy and mental health is so important. Um, and I finally feel like at least on my influencer platform, like I got my degree in psychology, right? And mental health is so important to me. And I'm grateful that now brands and advocate companies and nonprofits and LGBTQIA companies like are recognizing me a little bit now mm-hmm. and giving me the space to share that because my whole purpose is to help in mental health because I didn't have that growing up. Like you said, like I really didn't, I felt so mm-hmm. suppressed. And that was, it took a lot of healing and I can only imagine other people in the Asian community, other Asian Americans that don't have a voice like I do, how much suppression they must be feeling to the point of it's so traumatizing that they don't even know how to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you just living your life and being you and sharing your story and your growth, that is setting the tone for so many people who are following you, who are little baby Owens in their bedroom, not feeling fully understood or not feeling like they can be themselves. And then seeing that you are, I, I hope you take time to appreciate what you're doing and how important that is and how impactful that is. Cause it really, it really is. Thank you, Cam. You know that it means a lot to me. Cause I literally, when I was like, when I first went to LA, I remember watching some of your YouTube videos before we met. Cause we met like at a pride event for um the, the LGBT, the LGBT center, I think mm-hmm. in LA, right? I think that's where we met like two, three years ago. But I remember meeting you and I was like, oh my God, like that's Cammy. Like, and I just kind of, I knew you from a couple of videos, but like, I was like, but in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, she probably doesn't want me to be my friend or oh, like. And oh my God, I loved you right away. I, I was like and obsessed. Means, I loved you too. I was like, oh my God, she's so much sweeter in person. And to be honest, it's just like, but when I reflect on those kind of moments meeting my peers or meeting people who work in the same space as me or mm-hmm. just meeting white white people in positions of power because you are in a position of power, right? You know, and, and, and in certain ways, however you, and I'm, I really appreciate that. You're a woman who's queer, who's in a position of power. Like we need more of you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I also represent a very niche market too of, I'm a queer Asian male, you mm-hmm. know, and there's not many of us. I wish there was more of us. And I've known my whole life like that representation is so important Mm-hmm. And I really just, I really, I didn't see a space for that. So I was like, I need to do it myself as much yeah. as I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm just taking Same. pictures on Instagram. I'm just taking <laughs> pictures on Instagram and people are kind of liking them. And it's like, I okay, guess I'll keep cool. doing it. Yeah. And then it just, it became my job, like just over time, but it took like years and years, you know, it didn't just like happen. Mm-hmm. And, even, and it just, but I really appreciate you saying, do you have a space? Cause I feel like it's so important to like lead with love and kindness and, mental health in the Asian community as well. is so taboo. Like it's not talked about, like mm-hmm. it's almost seen as like the devil or like, just like religiously, it's like, it doesn't make sense to do that. Like you don't talk about your feelings. Yeah. We don't do that. So to have some professional that you pay to talk about your feelings, that just sounds like, like the worst idea ever. <laughs> um, and that's embedded in our culture too. Yeah. Yeah. And th- God, therapy is so important. I, I mean, I could go off on a tangent of mental health. I've been really frustrated with the world lately. Mm. And I Mm -hmm. don't want to divert too much from the topic at hand, but I just like, even there was like a news commercial that was like, the pandemic has caused a lot of issues with mental health. Talk to people. It's important. But then Mm. I also see the media like tearing people down for a mistake that they've made and not allowing growth. And like, but then I know if this person did anything to harm themselves, then Mm -hmm. the media would be like, oh my God, it's because you were all saying this. It's like, there's just this cycle of like blame and like cancel culture. And it's just so messy. And I just feel like everyone's so mental messy. health is plummeting yet. We're being told to like, take care of yourself. 
But then when people do, it's looked down on and I don't know. It's just, I feel like we're living in a really weird time where people are aware that we need to focus on mental health, but we're also doing yeah. everything to tear each other down mentally. And it's yeah. just, mm. it's a lot. And I just want to tell you, I just want to say thank you to you. Cause I know how seriously you've been taking this past year with pandemic. It's just really admiring to see, cause I know everyone has weak moments where they're like, but I need to take care of my mental health, but yeah, you can take care of your mental health. <coughs> Excuse me. You can take care of your mental health and like safely see a friend or two but like if you're going to a party or if you're like doing like some crazy trip to Cabo mm-hmm. like to like rave or like go you know it's like you can safely do that because there are some people who haven't even left their house and there's some people mm-hmm. who haven't even stepped into a grocery store and it's such a shame it's such a waste and so sad that they sacrifice so much and you think the pandemic is over and you can do this and this and this and that mental infuriating (laughs) it's so infuriating and it's like not it's but that's also with racism uh yeah there's there's people who put in the work Mm -hmm. every day there I am just one person there are advocates that I would love to share their profiles we can do that later um but they put in the advocate advocacy work every day every week like they are doing the work and I've been doing it like in different spheres like mental health lgbtq asian american recently you know the re- I, my Asian American, the post I wrote, I am Asian, that kind of went viral and that's grew a lot. And then I did another one, Stop Asian Hate, and that went a little viral. And I just posted my IGTV this week. And that was because after a Clubhouse meeting, I got to like talk to a panel on Clubhouse and Eric Toda, he is the global marketing director of Facebook and Instagram. He was a part of it mm-hmm. and he's Japanese. And he really spoke from the heart. He really explained the history behind you know, internment camps, you know, how the Japanese are put into internment camps, you know, with World War II and just the history behind Asian cultures. And just, it was super important to hear the lessons and the life that everyone who immigrated here, what they went through before, you know, to make, to make us, to make the second generation, the first generation to be in America. And as he was talking, everyone else kind of shared more facts. And these advocates, they got the facts down. Like, I'm like, I don't know anything. Like I homeschooled myself after freshman year of high school because I was bullied and because I was scared and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. But like, you guys are all putting in the hours and hours in work. And I'm like trying to do a little bit. I'm like, I'm already so drained. Like, Mm -hmm. I I was like, this is so important. Like, and I'm just such an empath too, where I really just feel people's emotions so deeply. So when, when everyone was DMing me and messaging me and reposting my stuff, I just really felt everyone's pain, suffering and like hurt and also desire to like do something. Yeah. But a lot of them, I feel like, you know, for a lot of them, it's just, it's just a repost, you know, it's just a moment in time. Mm-hmm. There are advocates who've been doing this for years and I can only imagine what they're feeling right now. I can only imagine. So much fatigue, so much pain, mm-hmm. so much hurt. I, yeah, I can't imagine day in and day out, like, it's easy to just share a story and then move on with your day. But totally, there are people who are, like you said, really putting in the work and people who like, it is such a privilege to not have to see it every day and not live it and yes. not experience it. That oh my that's God, yes. like, that, that's who should be putting in the work when you don't have to, that's how, you know, you should be because yes. you have the emotional capacity to do it still. So mm-hmm. take that burden away from your friends, from your family, from, from strangers. Like what happened to caring about, like, why don't we care about people that we don't know? Why do we have to personally know somebody to want to protect them? I know it's crazy. Like me and my girlfriends were talking and they're like, when this pandemic is over, we should go travel. And we were talking and then we were just like, like, let's go to Japan. Let's go. You know, it's just super excited. But they're like two petite little girls. Like, like they're like, I mean, women, not girls. I just call them girls because they're my girls. <laughs> but they're women, you know? And it sucks that when we're having this exciting moment in the back of our minds, we're like, you know, oh, and we actually, you need to be there because if it's just mm-hmm. us two as women, as Asian women now, it's like, it's so terrifying to even think about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is the world we're living in where we can't, we have to double take everything and think about all these moments of happiness and think, is it really safe? Is it really okay? And then with strangers, like I literally got a text this morning from one of my friends and she texted me saying, she texted me a picture of this Asian woman out, out in the streets, I think in somewhere, somewhere in NorCal. She was like, a cute Asian old lady is doing her workout. It reminded me of you and your love and what you're doing. And she was like, That's just so cute. It, it was like, that just made me like cute, like that my friend's like looking out for her, but also like she saw an Asian woman doing a workout. And this friend that texted me, this is, um, you know, she's Latina. And it's just like, 
it's nice to see support from like my friends right mm-hmm. now like that's a big part of Asian culture too. we don't know how to ask for help because we're told to do it ourselves and there's a yeah. Japanese word it's called it, it says uh, it's um gaman like gaman like if you tell someone to gaman it means gaman like it means just persevere and it's used okay. a lot in Asian culture where it's like just persevere 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 and it's because if you ask for help you're seen as weak if you ask for help you're less than and it's yeah. not like I, I I the reason I feel so empowered right now is I'm trying to ask for help because I don't know all the answers. I don't know what I'm doing, but I do know that we need to help each other out right now. Cause mm-hmm. like you said, like this, this pandemic has been hard and we haven't had so much interaction with people and stuff. And I think we're forgetting how to be kind to each other in person yes, and just very. ask for help. Cause we don't get to do that. Mm-hmm. So when I asked for help from my fellow influencers and just when I posted my, my video, like all the, all the people closest to me reposted it without question, you know, and it just made me so emotional. But then I had this thought, I was like, I need, I need more because this is this story is not just my own this is so many Asian American story yeah. I was like I need to ask some of my influencer friends to repost this and so many of them did and at first you know because sometimes in this field you're like you kind of like like yeah I don't want to ask for help or Terrifying. I don't want to ask I don't want them to I don't want them to think I'm like using their platform because mm-hmm. I've been used before too yeah like this is so much I've never asked for help like this like because mm-hmm. I don't I don't have any merch launch or anything like that because I've always been like I don't know blah 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 you know, just all that self-loathing <laughs> and laziness. But for this, I was like, this is so much bigger than me. I need to ask for help. Yeah. And I'm also right now, I'm, I'm we're going to see what's going to happen, Cami. We'll see. Because I saw this in the BLM movement and a lot of um, performative advocacy was being done where a lot of companies did oh. their solidarity posts, mm-hmm. but it was either too late or just they didn't have follow-up action steps of what they're going to do in their companies to bring more Black people in the company or donate to companies and to nonprofits and things mm-hmm. that are actually doing the work they just did a performative Instagram post and that made so many people so mad yeah it's infuriating but, it's like yeah. you you post about solidarity and inclus- mm-hmm. inclusiveness and but then it was coming out who works at these companies and it's like you yeah. can't talk about fixing systemic racism but you don't hire anyone that's not a white male like that's not fixing anything like start at your core don't start with social media is not gonna it's it's helpful it's a great tool but it is not the end-all be-all to fix the mess that it's so important to say that ah like i can't preface that enough that's so important and so i actually i feel very called to do this so i i literally looked through all the brands and agencies I've ever worked with and asked mm-hmm. them for help. I, I gave like a very blatant statement, like, Hey, can you, I, I want to see what you're doing or I need you to stand in this with, I need you to stand against Asian hate and be with us. Yeah. And tell you right now, a lot of brands left me on red. Name them. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to do a post highlight. I want cause I want to lead with positivity and not cancel mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, all the brands that did repost my, my story or did have their own post already up or, are donating or doing things. I want to highlight those companies that stand yeah. with us to show show that positivity because we need more. And positivity. hopefully, it'll inspire the people who have not answered yet to yes. jump to on think board. About it. Yeah, call them in, not call them out. Yes, <laughs> and, and they'll jump on. <laughs> yeah, and I hope they do because I mm-hmm. believe in second chances. I believe in giving people like an opportunity to grow and change. Okay. But there's a lot of brands also that I'm like I'm going to be like these are the brands that highlighted me. But if you left me on red or if you don't have anything to say at all, then please take me off your PR list. Cause I don't want to work with you ever again. Yeah. And then I will repost that and say, take me off too. And hopefully everyone else will say, also take me off. Like it's fine. Do what yeah. you want to do. No one's going to yeah. force you to stand up for others. But if you don't want to be that kind of company, I think it's inevitable. We are moving yeah. in a direction where consumers do not want to purchase from mm-hmm. companies who don't stand with our ethics and our morals and fixing this country and this world. So that's fine. We're not going to cancel you. I'm not going to tear you apart, but I'm not going to support you with my dollars. I'm not going to support you with my social media posts. Yes. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. Not obviously not me individually. I don't, I can't (laughs) do a whole lot, but all of us together collectively definitely can. Mm -hmm. It creates a domino effect. And like, just Mm -hmm. even just you saying that me saying that it like, it'll spark a conversation, you know? a mm-hmm. white a white woman and an asian man both queer like we are hitting a lot of markets of people that will look to us and hopefully have their own conversations about it with people in their lives mm-hmm. yeah and it's so funny i've noticed and i'm sure you've had this too of like i i've literally have been called what was i called the 
oh, I, I, in an email was like, you're the, mm-hmm. you're the diversity person because oh I, I'm gay. I was like, yeah, me, white girl <laughs> with blonde hair is not diverse. Like if that's your definition of diverse, because right. I'm queer, you guys need to look back it's, into yourself. It's 2021. Queer yeah. It's like, like the, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's hard when you're getting <laughs> jobs and they're like, I know I've been hired because I'm gay mm-hmm. because I fit their every other stereotype that they want. And it's, it's yeah. like, Oh, easy package, but Ooh, she's a little, a little spice on there. Cause she's gay. A little spicy, yeah. And it's hard. Cause I'm like, okay, do I take on these brand deals and try to fix it from the inside? Cause then I can be like, Hey guys, we're working together. Great. Who else is yeah. on the campaign? What's that look like? Or try to talk to them about future ones. It's like, do you just, do you fix something from the inside or do you just not support these brands at all? Um, but not to go off on that tangent, you had mentioned in the beginning in the influencer world is when you first mm-hmm. experienced racism. And I would like to hear a little bit about those experiences. You don't have to name names or brands. Yeah. But- um, you know, a lot, in, the influencer world is so interesting. Like everyone has mm-hmm. their own opinion on it. And when you're in it, it's so different than what you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I moved to LA, like, you know, I call it like, almost like um first friend dating like first it's like one night stand but for friends like oh my god <laughs> like it's like literally like I would make friends and it'd be the best day of my life and then mm-hmm. I'd get like blocked or like just like blocked. ghosted blocked or ghosted or, unf- or unfollowed just like whatever the situation was like it just like I was like oh okay like I guess we're not mm-hmm. friends anymore and that was just the culture you know it's like and it's a very br- and then I would go to influencer events where it's like you know you have a restaurant opening or mm-hmm. a new product coming out and like you just keep getting all these events and you're so busy you're so, you're just so in the moment like oh my god it's so cool like I'm getting it to all the exclusive invites and the VIP events like red carpets and I'm getting to do so many cool things that I never thought I could do and you know it's just it's so exciting right like mm-hmm. I'm sure you felt that the excitement oh, yeah. early on and stuff it's like it's just a it's a, an adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. But then I started noticing, like, I was like, oh, like, there's not many people who are Asian. Like, there's a lot of queer people because it's mm. L.A. Oh, yeah. I was like, and it's like, but there's not many Asians or at least, you know, a mixture of Asians. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And then, like, I started noticing sometimes I would get weird looks or just, like, pity, sarcastic comments from the PR people or people, like, or, like, when they give you the gifts at the end of the event sometimes, mm-hmm. like, sometimes I wouldn't get them because they're like oh this is just for like the main influencers oh like they assumed you were a plus one yeah they assumed I was a plus one or they're just like <sighs> oh we didn't have enough like they would just make some comment I was like at first I was like, oh but like it happened time and time again and I was like mm-hmm. I don't care I, I don't really want your stuff anyway yeah. um or like a lot of them I would hear stories of like the brands loved my page because I'm the different car you know I'm different I'm Asian American mm-hmm. and brands would look at me and they'd be like oh my God, like you're such a, your page is so cool and inspi- cute and inspiring. We love to send you a product and please post and tag us, blah, blah, blah. But there was no negotiation of money or rate. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I could because it just felt like a gifting. And then I would see that same brand paying other people who got the same thing as I did. Yeah. And they were white. Or, some of them were black, which is great, but a lot of them just didn't look Asian or weren't Asian, sorry. They weren't Asian. Mm-hmm. And that was like, a big punch to the gut I was like okay like I guess this is how it is and I had no one to talk to about it because there was no real peers like I had a couple peers but like you know everyone's just really busy in LA and everyone just has their own mentality of their own work and what they need to do for themselves mm-hmm. and there's no real you know like h there's no hr for influencers you know <laughs> there really is there needs to be Jeez. right <laughs> there's no hr for us we have no way to be like hey I feel uncomfortable or, Hey, this happened. Can mm-hmm. we talk about it in a professional setting? Mm-hmm. It's really just you against the world and you and your followers, like tugging along to figure out what's the next thing you're going to do for your paycheck. Mm-hmm. What's the next thing you're going to do for what you're passionate about your creative project. So it was, that was like, yeah, the first year and a half, two years, like I barely got paid. I had to have like two or three side hustle jobs just to like live in LA, yeah. just to try to make it because I didn't, no one really wanted to work with me, but they wanted me to be at their events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I, I feel like, well, because of our contracts, you aren't allowed to discuss how much yes. you're paid, but I think it's so important for influencers to talk with each other. So we know that there aren't people getting lowballed. so we can, cause I think if you would have vocalized that a lot of people would have mm-hmm. been like, 
okay, Owen, just because you didn't get a gift back. Like, I feel like people wouldn't have taken that seriously and seen that the racial implications behind it. They would have just been like, maybe you didn't have enough followers, maybe this. And it's like, no, if we would all talk about this and share this, we could see the clear patterns so that we could fix it. My question, and I don't know if you'll have an answer for this, but why, why do you think that is? Why do you think brands Mm. are willing to pay white creators over any other race Mm. creators first, unless it's trendy for them at the moment and they want to be performative. Why, why do you think that even these brands who post about, who seem very Mm -hmm. for social justice and like they are posting about it every day, right? The dollar amounts are what really show their opinions. And why do you think that they're underpaying anyone who isn't white? (sighs) Hmm. And you don't need to have an answer. <laughs> no, you sparked a lot in my mind. So I'm mm-hmm. just thinking, but. Take your time. Um, I really like to see like the good in people. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like I don't ever judge people because I know what it's like to be judged. Like, that's all I felt my whole life, judged. Mm-hmm. So I never wanted to Im- impose that on anyone else's lives because I knew how much it hurt. And I think just the culture right now is just so used to Asian Americans being the model minority and us just agreeing to everything and like not not being important, not being special. I just, it's beyond anything I'm doing. It's just, it's in every field. Mm -hmm. It's in every career path. We are just not looked at as American we're Asian American, but we're American, but people do not correlate the two. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, go back to your, co-. like, I was at a travel expo right before COVID hit, speaking on my trip to Taiwan. And the Taiwan Tourism Bureau that like led me there, they were so supportive of me. You know, they're all Chinese and they're just accepting of me and just they're super excited to have me on board and like represent them. <sighs> and they're just so sweet and good people. But while they were doing that, like China was already getting hit by the coronavirus. It was in February of last year. And like they were supporting me and being happy, but they were telling me all these things on the sidelines after like I gave my, um, I left my talk on everything. And and they're like so terrified. They're like, oh my God, like this is happening with our families back in home in China and everything. And they're like really terrified. and, And I just thought about their families. I was like, oh my God, I hope they're okay. You know? Because in that moment, you're like, oh, it's not going to come to America. It's not going to be mm-hmm. here. And then when it came here, like, when everyone started, like, attacking the Asian Americans and just hating on us and, like, blaming us, it sucked. It fucking sucked. It, mm-hmm. Like, it hurt so much. It made me want to leave the country myself. But I was like, fuck, I'm stuck here. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck here. and I have to, like now be home and deal with all this and like like we've all had to face our demons I, I i see it as a rebirth i feel like we all died last year yeah a part of us all died last year and now we're trying to figure out what we're what we are who we are mm-hmm. but like the asian american com- community we got the, like the short end stick of everything like yeah we got blamed everyone's problems and everyone's thoughts of how can i heal and figure out my life got pushed onto us it was like full scapegoat of yep we don't want to take any blame for this. So Mm -hmm. we will put it on the Asian community because like you said, there is the stereotype of being the, the perfect citizen, the model citizen. And I have been reading so many articles on why so many Asian women have been attacked. And it's like the media portrays Asian women as submissive and Mm -hmm. obedient. And it's like, they're not going to push back. And it's, and it's bullshit. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. if if the Asian community isn't going to push back because there is this level of respect Americans don't have, yeah, then everyone true. else needs to stand up and push back for you. And it's just hard to see that not happen. And I'm hoping I like I I don't have a lot of hope that things will be changing quickly because we've just seen it. We've seen it happen so many Mm -hmm. times, Mm -hmm. but I really, I really hope that 
the layers of racism are being peeled back in this country and people are realizing the yeah. real the real problem and wanting to make a change yeah. but I, I thank you for that hope and I thank you for that that message because I, I hope it evokes a change in all people who look like you all white people all queer people all women to stand for us you know and one thing I will say that's been really great about all this is all my fellow Asian American content creators and advocates we've rallied together mm-hmm. and I've never felt so like like badass and cool it's like mm-hmm. I feel like we're all like trying our best like we're we're sharing each other's posts we're being advocates and like we're check we're checking in on each other like like we're literally texting each other and being like are you okay hey just mm-hmm. want you know I'm here for you like you're doing great like it's so beautiful like that mm-hmm. we're all like finally recognizing how important it is to be Asian and Asian American yeah. like I don't think a lot of us have felt that way for for so long or ever mm-hmm. you know we're so it's if that's been really really humbling and really really beautiful to feel and any other voice that's not Asian American that's not Asian like I just I want to encourage all of us to like stand up like you said like like what you're doing like right now and what you're doing with research about Asian women like that's what people need to do like Mm -hmm. whatever whatever you have to offer like please offer it Mm -hmm. you know that's another thing about Asian culture like (laughs) we would get Christmas presents from my from my mom's friends and stuff or um, just like gifts right and in Asian culture it's very rude not it's very rude to go to someone's house even if it's just to hang out and not bring a gift so there are so many moments where we would get gifts from families or friends and my mom would reuse those gifts. Oh like, gifts my to other God. People. But like, it was like, that was me and my brother's chocolate or we wanted to eat oh my that. God. Like, just like he little like gift so out, you know? And it's because she's like, but you can't go empty handed. You gotta find what we have. Does she have like yeah, a re-gifting yeah. closet of like- right. Well, like, yeah, Asians always keep all their bags. Like we never throw any bags away. We reuse all bags and like gift wrap. Like you, you open a present really daintily and cute Hold so you can it. reuse it. Yeah. <laughs> super sustainable Love <laughs> I love <it>. that. <laughs> yeah so it's been it's been really that's been so nice to see like it sucks that this is the why this is the why and how we got here yeah but like I still want us all to like see that positivity and light in it and like mm-hmm. take full advantage of it and like ride with it because it's gonna be a marathon mm-hmm. it's not a sprint at all yeah so it's gonna be a long bumpy ride and I'm just grateful that I have a community of people and I really hope that the people that follow me or the people that follow whoever they do, like feel that for themselves, like that community level of love and support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice or words of wisdom for people who don't have that support and don't have that community who are really struggling Mm -hmm. right now? (sighs) How about you answer that first? I really would like to hear your opinion because I feel like not just being queer, but being a woman, like the six of the people six of the people that died were you know Asian women mm-hmm. and I don't I can't I can't I'm not a woman I don't know what that's mm-hmm. like and I'm sure like I can't even imagine how they felt and stuff so I would love to hear your opinion on that yeah um I think it depends on what your situation is um mm. so with everything I say obviously take take that into consideration but mm-hmm. I think people will surprise you I think even if you have friends who are very surface level, if, if you want them to get, get deeper, sometimes you have to go deeper first. So I think, mm. I think you might be afraid to have serious conversations with your friend. Even like we were talking about mental health earlier, even if you're struggling mm-hmm. with mental health, you might say that to your friends in your inner circle, and then everyone else is going to feel comfortable to open up first. So if you're craving that camaraderie and that community, I think be that, start that, Mm. be that like kind of leader of we are going to talk about these things together. Mm -hmm. Um, If you unfortunately don't have those people in your life that you feel safe to do so, I think as horrible as the internet can be, it can be a really beautiful place. You can kind of find your family because if you live in a city that's very limiting, with beliefs and not having people who think or look or act like you, you can feel really alone, but there, there is a community out there for you. There might be a few extra miles of way. Mm -hmm. So of course, especially if you're younger, be safe online, be very careful. Um, But it can be a really powerful place to find a community and start like a group chat. And I think a Mm. good place to start with that is go on your favorite creators, Instagram or YouTube, because if you look up to them, I bet a lot of people are like-minded who are following them and just comment and be like, 
Hey guys, looking, looking for some support or yeah. go on your IGTV and look at the people. Cause you might like, I always say people can message me, but at the end of the day, I'm not responding to everyone. I can't. Yeah, and when I do, I want to make sure I'm really responding and like having those. Con- yeah. yeah, exactly. And I, there's, there's not an, enough of me and a not enough time, but you can start a little community in the comments. Like that's what I care about creating online. I, I don't want my content to be about me. Yeah. It's a picture mm. of me, but I, who, I don't give yeah. a shit, whatever. It's like, I post those <laughs> totally. for my mom, <laughs> like, but I want it to be a community for people to feel safe. Mm. Like, yeah. sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but even when I see no, please, hate comments, <laughs> even when I get hate comments, I, especially when they're homophobic, I don't delete them because they hurt me. I don't care. Mm. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, you called me a dyke. Cool. Whatever. Right. I'm not offended. Yeah. Um, Sounds but like a I personal del- problem. Yeah, I'm like, maybe you want to be, but I'm not gonna. Uh. <laughs> um, Literally. Yeah. <laughs> but I delete them for the people who aren't me, for the people who haven't lived their life and are so comfortable with themselves that literally that doesn't hurt because I don't Mm -hmm. want them to see it and for it to hurt them. And like, it's just, that's not worth it. I want, like, I want my community online to be a safe space for everybody. So yeah, a long roundabout way to say, go find safe communities online or facilitate those conversations with your mm. community right now because, or like just plant the seed, if dip your toe in, if you're afraid to no, like so go important. in deep. Yeah, no, thank you yeah. for sharing that. I, to piggyback off that, like, yeah, there's so many words I have blocked on Instagram because mm-hmm. in the beginning I would get words like faggot or, you know, just homophobic, like just homo, like just mm-hmm. like all these derogatory words and like, like some people like, oh, yellow fever, just different things. And like, it was very triggering to me. So I was like, I'm blocking all these. And then thank God Instagram has that block feature. So oh, yeah, I, was like, so I, I, I was like, I don't want that to be my space. And mm-hmm. cause I feel like if I saw that from like someone I was looking up to or following, it would make me not want to share at all. Cause like, yeah. oh my God, if he's getting, if they're getting that, then what am I going to get? Exactly. And um, my friend Blair Imani, she's an amazing advocate. You know, she's bi, she's Muslim, she's black. Um, she's, she, she's very good at regulating and delegating and organizing her comment section and making mm-hmm. a safe space. And she's very, she, she know it's all about boundaries. And mm-hmm. I totally agree with, um, finding a space in the community. Like the YouTube really saved me in my life. Like when I was in the closet, like I connected to like people like Joey Graceffa, Connor Franta, Tyler Oakley. Mm-hmm. And like, and like, even before they came out, I kind of felt like they were gay, but like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not going to out them or I'm not going to say anything. Of like, course. I'm just, I'm, I'm here for the journey too. Cause like I can connect to so many things they're going through. And yeah. And when they did come out, it was like the most happy moment. I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy for them. Like as a friend, mm-hmm. and it's like, you really do feel that connection. And it's like, that's also like, just what you, like what you just said, like, I'm trying to build a community because I saw a lack of my whole life. Mm-hmm. So many representations that I needed as a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not special. I'm no one important, but if I could sure. help, thank you. <laughs> if I can help one person feel set special, then then I know it's worth it. And like, I need to keep going, you know, like, because mm-hmm. it creates, it, we need so many more advocates of change and we need so much more push for leadership in, in, polit- in politics, in nonprofits, in tech companies and brands mm-hmm. and everything. And we need more influencers or content creators or YouTubers that really care about the community because the kids of today, like, they don't tell us that they want to be teachers or doctors anymore. They're like, I want to be a YouTuber or influencer. And I'm, I'm like, oh God, no, you don't. <laughs> You're like, run, no. Yeah, because the majority of the influencers do not care or they're just, they're in it for the money or it's mm-hmm. just a really cancel culture, just very toxic. And I know that, but like, I'm trying to work within it to make it a safer space and a better space because I know the potential here and I know the, that it, we do make a lot of change regardless of what people say. Mm-hmm. So it's important Absolutely. that we create a, a better, a better space for the next generation. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you don't feel called to do anything that this big or this wide or intense where it's so polarized or so public figure, quote unquote, you can do it in so many ways, you know, mm-hmm. like one of my best friends, Juna, like she's a nurse, she's studying to be a nurse. She's going to graduate being a nurse this month. And I'm so proud of her, you know, like she's going to be a Japanese nurse, you know, Japanese American nurse, really helping make a difference and showing that like she's, she has the purest heart, the most loving. She's given me so much love and I love her to death, you know, and to have a Japanese nurse, I think it's going to help a lot of people see that love. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, my other best friend, Yumi, you know, like Yumi is the first plus size Sports Illustrated Asian American model ever. And that's so beautiful. Like, that's like, mm-hmm. yes, like that's a win for all of us. Yeah. But again, it's like, she's the first, not the last, the first. And we need more of you. Like this, this is just the start of so much more. Mm-hmm. So whatever you want to do in your, in your life, please pursue it. Please don't be afraid to talk about it with your friends, friends and family that care about you. Mm-hmm. And the ones that like make, make fun of you or say it's not that special or you can't do it. Like they are in a different headspace. They need therapy. They need love. <laughs> they they don't get you exactly and the, the ones that see your change and are happy for you or see that you're really becoming who you really were meant to be mm-hmm. like those are the people I really encourage you to like rely on because for me at least I had to really you know really get rid of a lot of self-hate and self-loathing mm-hmm. and unworthiness of myself from racism from being gay from my religion to really un- to really be where I'm at now. And it, it took a lot of mental health and a lot of self-care and self-love, like a lot of self-care days. I have a beautiful morning and nighttime routine and a lot of skincare <laughs> that I love. I, 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 I love my solitude time. I love my alone car rides. Like I just really know how to take care of myself now. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful so for that important. because yeah, I didn't know how to do that growing up, but Mm-mm. now I, I'm in a space where like, I know what I love and I do that. Yeah. That was beautiful and I think very helpful. And I think Thank you. I hope I hope everyone listening found some peace in that. You made a really good point that I I I'm assuming the people who need to hear this probably don't listen to this podcast, but I wish they did. <laughs> um, but when you were mm-hmm. talking about your friend Yumi and how she is the first plus size Asian American sports yes. illustrated model. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I want everyone to take a second to let that sit in that we are still in America having firsts, mm-hmm. so many firsts when it comes to marginalized communities being yeah. in a career or in a place of representation. And I think a lot of people who, and um, I talked about this on the, after the final rose on The Bachelor, how mm-hmm. there's different levels. There's being a racist, there's being racially ignorant, and there's being, God, what was the third one? being it's not racially tolerant I forget I'll write it in the show notes if I remember um and I think that that was a really good point because white people are shut down when they are told that an action is racist Mm. they don't want to hear it they get offended and they get defensive and it's a problem and it's causing like a lack of ownership and a lack of ability to make a change. And I think a lot of people don't realize if, if they're not doing something act, if they're not harming people, if they're not saying racial slurs, Mm -hmm. then they're Mm -hmm. not contributing to a racist Mm -hmm. society, but it's, it's this like a lack of, it's, this, it's the ignorance that I think is yeah. really perpetuating everything. And so many white Americans like to think that racism does not exist in this country, but if it didn't exist, why is it just now that we are having the first plus size Asian American sports illustrated model? Like yeah. why, if, if that's not, if that's not our reality, then why is this just happening? Like, tell me the first white person to do that. Yeah. You, you could, there's so many, you couldn't even yeah. remember who the first one is. That's how long ago it was. So you can't really say that there's not a problem when there's that representation, when everything we look at is just white, white, white all over the place. And it's not reflective of what our communities look like. Mm-hmm. So another tangent, I'm just like going on the tangents no. this morning. <laughs> I heard from one of one recent advocate in the clubhouse said like in less than 10 years in the future, like Asian American community will represent like, I think 10% of America, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big number for America, you know, and that's, that's going to create a wave of change too. But it's like, if we don't start seeing representation and start seeing the change, then there's going to be a, a lot more problems in the future. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's crazy to think about, how there is still so much positivity happening and so much change, but there's still so much that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's crazy. Like even just like a small thing, like I'm, I'm a numbers person. Like I think analytically, but I'm creative. Like even just looking at sports illustrated, like so many of the white models that got announced got literally like eight to 10 times more likes than Yumi did. 
Mm. You know what I mean? It's that's a that's a problem. Yeah. Like it's like she's the first, but is she welcomed? Mm-hmm. Is she fully accepted? Mm-hmm. Do people actually support her? Are we actually happy for her? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm sure she can dive into, and she probably will on her own page because she has her own little podcast that she started called Totoro's Nest. Totoro is from Spirit. It's from um, the Miyazaki films. It's a very like Japanese film. Like I encourage everyone to watch Totoro and Spirit Away and just watch Miyazaki films because that has so much Asian culture and love and beauty and music and art that you really need to appreciate to understand Asian culture. Um, but she she calls it Totoro's Nest and it's so cute. And like, um, it's just like sharing stories of Asian culture and heritage. And she started doing it by talking about her, her uncle and her grandma and herself. And I'm going to be on it later and she's going to have a, a bunch of other Asian voices, but that's Yumi's heart and that's our heart as Asian Americans, but, and we're trying to be voices, but again, we see the numbers, we see the hate, we get the comments, um, but it's not going to stop us from keep advocating, keep being, you know, keep trying to be, you know, advents of change and make a difference, but it doesn't mean it's not hard. It has to be discouraging. I mean, yeah. it has to be frustrating and it has to be frustrating to hear people think that there's not a problem when you, like you said, you're a numbers guy, you, you see it. It's the, the proof mm-hmm. is in the pudding. Like yeah. it's there. And that, that just must be extremely frustrating. It is. Cause Yumi's the fucking most beautiful person I've ever I know. Met that's what I was going to say. I was like, Oh my God. I remember like- when I met her at a, <laughs> what was that event? What is that called? I swear my brain these last couple of <laughs> weeks, like Thinking of words, I don't know how I've gotten through this whole interview with like, words are speaking. hard. Brian's company. Oh my god, what is it called? Oh, be free, be free, be free, be free. Oh my god, thank you. I, wow. I spoke. I for some reason I thought you guys met separately, but yeah, Yumi actually Yumi came there to support me and, and Brian, and it's close with me, Brian, and Yumi are all Hapa, half Japanese. So it's mm-hmm. that's and they're like two of my best friends, and I really feel like the universe manifested them into my life because to have other friends that look just like me and who understand my pain and suffering, but also the joys. It's yeah. been so good for all three of us. And yeah, we're all, we're all killing it in our own fields. Like Brian is doing amazing things. Exactly. Amy's doing amazing things. I'm doing amazing things. And it's really cool to see and have support from each other. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not like a competition at all. Like we really just love each just other and we want the best. Each other up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's what we need to do more for everyone. A hundred percent. Um, but yeah, that's the first place I saw Yumi and yeah. like, I think everyone I'll also put her Instagram handle below so you can see, like she is breathtakingly gorgeous, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. is just meant to have her face and body seen everywhere. <laughs> like she's just I can't even, it's funny. stunning. I, yeah. I can't even tell you how many of my friends from my like college or high school or just like from my past, but also random strangers dm me like all the time i can't even tell you how many dms i get of people like isn't this your friend yumi isn't this yumi like she's in a target ad, a a kohl's ad she's on like this this cover she's on this ad like she's on savage fenty she's everywhere like (laughs) you're like she is is. and i'm like yes that's my best friend yeah and i just every time i'm just as proud and every time i'm like yes yeah she's there she's she's everywhere it's not for lack of her talent or her looks like it's she is like, I, I could literally couldn't talk to her at the event. Cause I was just like, you're distractingly pretty. I don't know how, what to say to you. I like literally, I was like, she probably thinks I'm a bitch because I like no. don't know how to talk. Um, Not but yeah, all. it's like, it's, you can't make excuses for why her likes or comments on her announcement of it were lower because she's stunning and yeah. she's a, an incredible model. And like, she's just, she hits yeah. a mark everywhere. So everywhere. Yeah, it's that is incredibly frustrating and it just it doesn't make sense. So, and there's a there's so many levels to that. It's like it, it yeah. was was it announced on Instagram? Is that what it was? Yeah, on Sports Illustrated's Instagram page and she did get a lot of support like um I think Ashley Graham, one of the biggest plus size models mm-hmm. in, our, in the world, like she was on America's Next Top Model as a judge. Mm-hmm. She's like everywhere. She she's reposted Yumi. And, <laughs> yeah, and she's been fo- she's been following Yumi for a while like so I know Yumi's had support and that's the thing Yumi yeah. has support in the community like she has a lot of support and mm-hmm. so I will, I will always speak for her highly and I always support her, but I know she has her own community of models and people mm-hmm. in the industry that really support her. I'm grateful Good. that they are there for her, mm-hmm. but you know, and she's starting to like really get noticed in the recognition she deserves, but I know she deserves more. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. it's just like, I've seen her do the work. Like we became friends in a very, de- we were both super depressed in Las Vegas. I moved, I was in Las Vegas for a year and it was a really dark time in my life. And we met each, we found each other in that time. And we moved to LA the same time without any, we didn't plan it, but we both moved mm-hmm. to LA the same time. 
and then we just like would support each other be, be each other's plus ones for events and just um just be there for each other and like you know just try to understand what we're trying to do here and yeah it's been a be- it's been a beautiful journey Good. these past three five, three four years mm-hmm. it's so important to have that um but i do wonder if there's also like an instagram algorithm issue too maybe because there's just I so noticed, many levels you know i love the i i'm always talking about the algorithm because sometimes i'll post a stupid selfie of myself and it gets like seven thousand likes mm-hmm. but i'll post something like i put so many hours into it and it gets like one thousand i'm like but like this it's is so prettier confusing. It's and like so and, I, and i always look at my metrics like the timing of when to post like what's the best time yeah. what hashtag? I, I, I do all that preparation and i do the hour engagement because you have to engage for an hour mm-hmm. with, with your audience and do mm-hmm. all this stuff and it's so draining and then like Sometimes I'm just like, maybe if it's in my face, because if my face is embedded in my page, that gets pushed more. Cause I think mm-hmm. sometimes, and like even oh. retention time, there's a, there's a retention time. Like the longer you can read it, the longer your audience reads your posts, the more it'll get pushed. Or, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a, there's a whole algorithm to stories and posts and explore page. And I've looked into it time and time again. And mm-hmm. even just like me getting verified, like, I don't think I'll ever get verified because it's like, I don't think people care about me, but also like, because my name is spelled differently, like it's, it's O-W-I-N and it's a, a common, and I'm so proud of my name. It's it's spelled differently than the regular O-N. Like usually mm-hmm. O-N is O-W-E-N and people still to this day wish me happy birthday O-W-E-N and it's like, oh, thanks so much. Yeah, not me, but it's a combination. <laughs> it's, it's, it's my proudest thing about me because it's, it's a, I'm the firstborn of three boys mm-hmm. and my parents, my dad's name is Edwin and my mom's name is Tomio and they combined the O in my mom's name and the win in my dad's name to make my name love that that's so yeah cute. <laughs> it's it's right I love it like it's just like it means so much to me it's like I really feel like I'm an embodiment of both like both cultures and both races and that's I beautiful. really I, I stand so proud in that and every time someone misspells my name or every time someone you know looks at my name funny or is like oh this it's like it just it hurts but you, you mean she them? calls I try to but I, I, I kind of got over it I'm like I don't care <laughs> like I just I just I just might not I just don't even think about it anymore but mm-hmm. Yumi like she calls me oh and like she's always like oh wait like she's like I thought oh win with an I was normal you know like it's just like <laughs> moments like that I'm like I get refreshed I'm like okay like yeah mm-hmm. like I love myself I love my name I don't know any other Owen so I think I would probably spell it with an I if it was somebody else too. <laughs> cool cool good to know <laughs> so Owen with an I is a new standard for Owens and it's the only way I'll accept it <laughs> winners only club <laughs> exactly I know that's actually an incredible name like Oh, you win. You win. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be winning. <laughs> and I always tell that I'm so, I'm such a cheesy person and everyone's probably going to hate me for this. I always, I, I always it. tell, I, pe- I always, I always tell people when you take the eyes out of my name, I become my own person. <gasps> I love that. I, that because is so corny and I love, thank love, you. love, love, love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Cause it has so many meanings to me. Like it's like your own person. And then also I is such a, it's such a first person pr- perspective and it's such a, it's like, it's just your own perspective. But when you take out the eye out of your name, you become your own person. To me, that means you see other people's perspectives. You own who you are, but you respect other people and you respect where they're coming from. And you don't ever take up space that you don't belong in, but you also don't hurt other people's um, boundaries and space. Like you really mm-hmm. see from all perspectives. And that's so important to me. That is so beautiful. That it, like, that's the proper amount of cheesy because it thank really you. means something and it's really people are still gonna hate me for it but yeah. thank you <laughs> people are like, uh... you know, like you're already a dad with dad jokes <laughs> that's okay I I'm, I'm okay with it yeah I love that I like <laughs> thank you being cool is overrated I agree dad jokes are the new cool <laughs> so, so much so oh and I love you you're the best you're so sweet oh, I, love you. I can't wait till the pandemic is over and we can hang out um yes I had a, a random thought when we were talking about influencer stuff I just want to say I've had yeah, you yeah. here for over an hour now so I won't take up more of your time it's, it's, I'm really excited to see and maybe I'm being a little too optimistic but I'm really excited to see how influencer events change post mm. well post COVID and all that but because right. during COVID there has been such a big like awakening to racial injustices. And I've had so many chats with influencer friends on the podcast who are not white and who have talked about the same stuff of just feeling like snubbed at events. And Mm -hmm. I know for me, I am very socially anxious and I am Mm -hmm. afraid that people don't want to talk to me. And I mean, you know how events go. If you go alone, you like 
standalone and it's awkward or yeah. you talk to the brand or you go with your plus one and you only talk to them or like the two people you end up running into. And I re- like, I hope that there's an event where it's like no plus ones come and we're going to do like, like speed dating. Like let's get to know each other. We all work we all kind of work together in a way. We don't yeah. have like a company. We all work for ourselves, but we are our only like coworkers. And I just totally. think it would be really beautiful and more inclusive if we could all like not stay within our bubbles out of feeling awkward or uncomfortable. Mm. Like okay. I always feel so awkward and weird. And like, I try to go up to the other person who is alone, but I'm like, am I being annoying? Like, are, do you no. not want to talk to me? And I, I think we're all going to work mm. harder to make sure that I hope, I hope again, I'm, I think, might be too optimistic. Well, I remember like, I remember I came up, I don't want to name the event we went to because I don't want to talk about that brand, but you were with your best friend. I was with Brian. I came up to you and I was mm. like, Hey, and then we started talking and it was so mm-hmm. cute. And I was also nervous and anxious. It was like, I don't know if they want to talk to me, but like, then we just bonded. <laughs> it was fun. It was like fun moment. It was, but it was like, it's, it was such a loud event. It was hard to like even talk, mm-hmm. but it was fun. But I agree so wholeheartedly with that. And I even challenge and encourage brands to hire me or Cami or hire people who are diverse or anyone. Because, you know, I I have leadership skills where Don't I Don't hire me people. to be diverse. I'm not diverse. Yeah, yeah. Do not use like, me as your diversity card. <laughs> right. Hire, hire people in the mental health space or the leadership space mm-hmm. who, or who've done TED Talks or, you know, like that's my passion too. Like I really want to just, I want to lead more workshops or lead more activities where mm-hmm. I can talk about mental health because one thing that you can keep in this podcast is like, I've decided to go on the journey of becoming a therapist. I, I'm looking into grad schools right now. Um, and I really want to be a therapist because yes. I want to, I want to be, I want to be certified in what mm-hmm. I talk about. And I want to help other queer, other Asian Americans have someone that they can look, find on wherever I am as a therapist and like have mm-hmm. someone they can connect to. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. so important from so my own experience important. in therapy. So I'm really looking into grad schools right now and just talking about it. And I'm really excited. Oh, and, I, that is incredible. Yeah. And yeah, brands hire Owen and <laughs> like, let's, let's change the way that those events happen. We don't like going to your events. I'm going to be honest. They, they typically suck. They're uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. The most I would go for is like the free drink before going out with friends. Like it's yeah. not fun. I don't like it. And they, <laughs> they spend so much money on the event and it's like, and then they like give us like maybe a thousand dollars for posts. I'm like, ew. Yeah. It's like, we, like, we, we don't like and it. A thousand dollars. For, for our numbers, a thousand is pretty low. Just so you know. <laughs> but for some people, that's a lot. I'm sorry. Just just as a, as a discretion, for some people, that's a little. For a lot, but like for us, that's a little. <laughs> I fucking love you. Yeah, like let's have events where we like sit in a circle and chat about how we can yeah. make our communities better and stronger. I know, that's what talk. I'll show up to. Like, yes, I would love that. Like, we sh- have you been to a "We're Not Really Strangers" event ever? No. They used to do events in Korean. She's like the one who started it. I, I met Yumi. her at an event before, but not yeah. their event. It was, there was like every influencer there and it's just like you do one-on-one conversations and it's, it was really like, that's what I want to do. Like, and I used to lead work. I used to lead activities for, for camps. I was a camp leader for four plus years or summer camps. I had to mm-hmm. teach all the fresh college students to lead camps for middle school, high school. And I had to lead all the activities and make an environment that felt safe for people to open up and talk so I have that experience too and I yeah. and I'm not saying hire me for that but I'm saying I know what a good event is yeah like by the energy mm-hmm. and over 80% of the events I've been to the energy is just always off oh mm-hmm. it's yeah it's like you're doing like these little like getting your ears pierced or doing whatever which is fun yeah. but it's like yeah, it's, yeah. it's not there's no value or substance there let's have dinner parties let's have mm-hmm. group dinner parties it doesn't have to be influencers just like yeah. people who want to do good and be better mm-hmm. and help each other out. And we can just like, we can gossip about what brands aren't paying us enough. We can talk mm-hmm. about how to make the platform more inclusive. I think that'd be fun. I think so too. <laughs> oh my God. Let's just do our own event. <laughs> yeah. Screw. I'm not going like, to any more events. I'm, we're our throwing our own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brands can come to us if they want events and we will put on the events for them. They can mm-hmm. pay us and we yes. will make them fun. So fun. And exciting. Just give us a budget. Just give us a budget. We'll make it work. Yeah. Give us even half of the budgets you're wasting right now oh, and we'll make totally. it better. <laughs> it, honestly, that's such a, I literally, I was like, oh my God, that sounds so fun. Like, Wait, do I cut this out so no one steals our idea? <laughs> <gasps> honestly. I don't know. I don't know if brands listen to this or not. I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> but that's a good point. 
we should maybe pitch this to the brands we know. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm getting on emails right now. Let's make it Literally. happen. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, yeah, honestly. Okay, you enjoy your time away Thank you. in Big Bear. Can I say that? That you're in Big Bear? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I'm going to post about it. Um, when okay. I'm, when does this come up? Monday. Because I think on Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to do a post just about me and my Asian sisters and just like, you know, Asian is beautiful. I just want to highlight us and just mm-hmm. make sure everyone's taking care of themselves. Everyone go to Owen's Instagram. It will be in the description box of the show, a description box. Like I'm on YouTube. I don't know what it's called. I'm, I still don't know how to podcast. You're good. You're good. <laughs> you're doing great. Um, there will be a link to his Instagram. I think I just said that again, my brain and go show his post some love and share it and spread these messages because it's really important and it's topics that we need to be discussing a lot more often and understanding. And I think if, if everyone talks about it within their communities, we will reach the people this really needs to reach. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Bye guys.